In ancient days, Yasna said, a man who brought peace to his kingdom was considered to be of great worth. Now, that same man would be derided as a coward. She shook her head. It had been centuries coming, this change. It should terrify us. We could do with more men like Teravengian, and I shall require you never to call him dull again, not even in passing. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book one, The Way of Kings. Spoiler warning for chapters 29 and 30. If you haven't read that far in the book, go back and catch up and you can come back with us. If you have, then enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And with me as always, as the only man I personally know who has survived 100 bridge runs, it's Jack. What's up, Jack? <laughs> hey, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, we did a um, makeshift Halloween to night tonight with the family. Um, we Ooh. did something that's going around our neighborhood called ghosting, where you drop off a paper bag with a ghost stapled to it. And there's like treats inside for like your kids, like friends at school and stuff. And then the person who gets okay. ghosted has to ghost five more people. So then it's like kind of spreading through this oh, Barhaven neighborhood kinda, and stuff. Yeah, it's nice. It's, it's that's, that's cool. So we, cool. So our backyard like neighbors, that. we share a, f- yeah, our backyard neighbors that we share a fence with, um, we ran around the corner and went to their house, rang the doorbell and then ran back to our house. And uh, Tracy could kind of see them because we're our backyard neighbors. She could kind of see them have to get up and go to the front door to get their stuff. So it's kind of cool. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, that sounds uh, that sounds fun. It is fun. It's uh, it's something for the the kids to do, and they're not around anybody else, right? They're going up to doors where there's nobody. Um, it it does feel a little creepy when you're like walking around with the kids, and you're like, I'm kind of like literally sneaking up on a house right now, and someone could be like, "What's that guy over there with a three year old sneaking around?" <laughs> you know? Who's the, who's who's the, who's the, who's that creepy guy with the beard? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Running up to strangers' houses. Why is he wearing a mask? What? That's, that's not Halloween yet. <laughs> he might have been the guy that uh, might have been the guy that killed uh, Mckech and uh, Gavara last. Uh, I know. That's what uh, I was just yeah. thinking. I'm thinking this is this is Zeth complaining about his uh, about his yeah. costume. He's like, what's 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 with, with what, what's with the mask? We're still. I think we're still what's dealing with. The, with, uh, with the getup. It's only been a week, but I think we're still dealing with the reverberations of what's ha- gonna about to happen with Zeth. I I like. Oh. Uh, I've been thinking what about an it all week. Amazing ending! What an amazing ending yeah. to part two yeah. of this of this uh, way of kings. Yeah, it's awesome, unreal. It's amazing. But today, yes, today, yes, my friend, we are on part three. Yes. part three of the way of kings, chapter twenty nine. Yes. So I was uh, thinking about part three and the title of it, dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little. Uh, little on the not so pleasant side of things considering that the uh part three does contain uh stories involving Kaladin and Shallan mm-hmm. whom 
both of those characters I really have enjoyed so far. So not sure if uh, they're going to be dying. The one, one of the things that I like about this is that um, he get, kind of gives us an idea of what the chapter is going to be about. Like we we're going back to or the parts going to be about. We're going back to the, the format of part one where it was Cal or as Mike likes to call him, Carl. Carl. It was Carl. Carl and Shannon, not Shalon, but Shannon. <laughs> um, the the part one was really about them back and forth, right? Um, and uh, now we're getting them back and forth again. That dynamic between the two. Um, what we were experiencing in part two with uh, these through lines of Kaladin and uh, uh, Dalinar, those aren't going to be as evident anymore because we're not going to see where what Dal- Dalinar is doing. So our similarities with our characters are going to come from two different sources now, or at least one different source. Right. Um, what I really uh, uh, like is that uh, by this point in the book, I'm starting to feel like when I, when I first read it, I'm starting to feel like, okay, I'm getting Kaladin and I'm getting Shallan. But by this point, I, I've learned that getting Shallan isn't just getting Shallan. I get to have Yasna. Yasna, yeah. Seemingly, yeah, seemingly I get, as we start reading this chapter here, we start to get uh, Teravangian too. Like the King of Carbranth is actually uh, going to start being a character here and it's really fun. Yeah, he just shows up and sits down. Yeah, I mean, he brings I, lunch. So, yeah, yeah. Come, can 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 I can I join you for lunch? Oh, oh, it's it's the king. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this is a cool. Uh, so the, the the title for chapter twenty nine is arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a little play on words that comes up from our good friend Shalon, and mm-hmm. she is in Carbranth uh, at the beginning of this chapter. We do have an interesting quote at the start of this chapter. Um, let me see if I can get, yes. get to it quickly or not. If you get to it, by all means, go ahead and read it. Um, yeah, I got it right here. Okay, cool. It's uh, the ones of ash and fire who killed like a swarm, relentless before the heralds. Noted in Masley, page 337, corroborated by Coldwin and Havasa. Or no, Hasava. Mm-hmm. Uh, corroborated. Remember recently we were, um, sort of dealing with, uh, I think it was the Thalens, um, in one of the interludes, uh, that was, um, insistent that the information be corroborated by two witnesses for the exchange. Right. Right. So I'm just wondering if this corroboration, again, two witnesses has anything to do with, uh, uh, with Thalens on that. I wasn't sure. Um, same language is used, so yeah. Who knows? I'm not sure. It's a, it's a, it's a bit, bit cryptic for me. I, I'm not sure what. The... So we had, um, we had, uh, what seemed to be reports of people's death quotes. Yeah, and the death quotes, one, right? Yeah. Part two seemed to be maybe excerpts from uh, some letters, kind of maybe letter or... or some kind of narrative, like between. Uh, yeah. Uh. It seems like it was someone's, like, hmm. account. Anyways, and part three seems to be more scholarly, right? There's a, uh, you know, noted in Masley. So there's... um, You've got an author, witnesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very more scholarly, kind of like the first part. Well, and the second part was kind of more... We are dealing with scholarship in this chapter. Makes sense, right? That's what's happening in this chapter. Is we we, we catch we're up back with, with our uh, we back with our two um, awesome badass scholar girls. 
Who That's knew right. reading books and learning stuff could be so awesome? <laughs> I keep trying to tell my son that. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is great. So Yasna, she's uh, Yasna is awesome. Uh, such a great character. Um, she's she, awesome, right? She's amazing. I just love uh, the character that they've created in her. Um, mm-hmm. There's some really really great lines in this chapter. I'm just trying to go over my notes here. Um, so well, we start with Shalon using the span read, right? She's the, using the span um, read to communicate with her brothers. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And it's um, uh, Non Balot, who we read his point of view in the first series of interludes between part one and part two. That's um, right. He's uh, betrothed to a, a lady named Ailida, and she's the one who's actually using the span read because all these boys, the brothers, can't. Right, right. So right. Aelita and Shalon are talking uh, over Spanreed. Right. And it's cool because now we don't have to get a real a description of what Spanreed is. They can just say Spanreed, and now we know what it is. Now we know. Before we got this lengthy explanation, a whole chapter was like based on this conversation between Yasna and Shalon and uh, Dalinar and uh, what was uh, Adeline's uh, girl's uh, name? Uh, I don't know. The new, the new one? Malash Kabash. She was in for like know. one day and she got like the best job. She oh, got the coochiest job. She, like- <laughs> <laughs> I forget. I honestly can't. I I should have kept track of. I I I'm the I names. Might, I might have. It's uh, like a Sprenhead list. Like rather than be a Sprenhead, I could have been an an Adeline's gals head. group. <laughs> Adeline's it's like gals. Charlie's Angels. It's yeah. Adeline's gals. Adeline's gals. <laughs> Charlie's Angels. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is cool. I I I, I like this. I like this little exchange because. Um, she's talking with, with her brothers and she's, you know, basically she's, you know, explaining how, uh, she's still quite nervous about this whole thing. Are you sure this is the right thing to do? Trying to get yeah. close to Yasna in order to steal yeah. this Fabril. Well, Shalon's um, starting to fall in love with the idea of being Yasna's ward, right? Like she likes well, it. Yeah, she really likes it. And she's like, she actually mentions at the start of the chapter, like, like I'm, you know, I'm falling in love with this freedom that I've got. I'm studying. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I can, you know, pretty much do what I like. And, and I think that she also admires Yasna. Yeah. Yeah. So she does. I, I think that that is happening as well. So she just constantly is in, is in struggle with the whole idea that, okay, I'm going to have to betray you and steal this item yeah. and then, and then get out of Carbranth. Mm-hmm. So in, in order to yeah, save her family, because her, her brothers in this, in this conversation are saying things are not good. Uh, father's debts are being called in. Um, right. There's a high prince, I think, that is in need of being replaced, and there's a succe- succession. Yeah, the local high prince is sick. Well, it comes out here a little later. Let's, I don't want to jump ahead, but mm-hmm. um, the high prince being sick was part of what uh, Shalon and her brother's dad's plans were. Right? right. It sounds like he wanted to be high prince. Uh, that's a, a, a curious thing too, because this is Yakoved, but they also have a structure like Alethkar where there are local high princes and then there's a king at the center of it. So mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, it's interesting that they have the same kind of uh, government in place. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think they mentioned the king's name of Yakoved. It's just um, Hanavanar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think mm-hmm. that's right. So, um, she does get some, um, curious news. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So having trouble keeping the, the creditors away from her father's debts, 
Uh, the last, right. the last of their quarries is running out. So their source of income for their family house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just level with Shalon and say, look, you've got a few months at best to, right. p- to pull this off. Right. Um, Asha Yushu, her youngest brother is selling off the family possessions. Turns out that I like he, this. that he was a gambler. Like yeah. In, in yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah. his gambling, um, his gambling addiction has made him useful right now because in the gambling, he would already be selling off things to pay off debts. So it's coming. So he in knows handy. where to go. Yeah, yeah, he knows where to go to keep keep the family going. Yeah, yeah, he knows all the best fences and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Shalon does get some terrible news, and that is that her mm. father's steward named Luesh is dead. Yes, uh, two and weeks. He was the um, he was like the uh, the father's like right hand man, and um. He was the only one who knew how to use the Soulcaster. Right. So now that he's dead, doesn't matter if they get hers back. They don't have someone who can make because the plan is to like use the Soulcaster to make more like wealth. high valued yeah. minerals in yeah wealth in mm-hmm. the the mountains, right? Right. Um, and if they can't do that anymore, then they're fucked. The only thing they can do is give it back. That's right. So two weeks after this, Luesh uh, steward uh, dies some mysterious men show up and demand to know where yeah. their father's soul caster is. And the mm-hmm. brothers, the brothers are telling uh, Shalon that they believe that they're in serious danger from this. Well, he, um, these... Nanbalat actually sends the other boys away, right? He sends, uh, uh, Wakim, uh, what's that? Is that his name? Wakim? Wakim, I think. Yeah. Wakim, yeah. And then, uh, he sends, uh, Aisha Jushu. They send them away so it's only uh Ailida and um Nanbalat who are left in the room right that's when he tells her for like, this the conversation stuff, like, this yeah. is the i didn't want to scare our younger brothers but this is the the real shit that's right mm-hmm. and it turns out that these mysterious men that showed up asking about um their father's soul caster which of course from the previous chapters um was damaged and that's why shalon is here in carbranth to steal right. The soul caster from uh, Yasna uh, Colon. Yeah, it sounds like um, these men gave their dad uh, the soul caster to be able to use to be able to prop himself up to be the next high prince. Like these people were trying to institute their own high prince, I guess. And these men that showed up have a symbol on them that is right. that is the same symbol that. Their father's uh, steward, Luish, who is now dead, also has on him as a pendant. Now, these men had it, right. had it on them as a tattoo, and it was a symbol that uh, Nanbalat is asking um, Shalon if, she, if she's ever seen this before, which I think she, she replies, no, never. And it's three diamond shapes in a sort of a curious arrangement. Mm. Um, so it could have be. Have you that, ever seen? Do you think you've seen something like that before in the book? Yeah, I think I have. Um, hang on one sec. Can you actually go to um, go to that chapter and can you read me the exact um, description? Here, Nonbalot sent. I wanted to show you something. Have you seen this symbol? The sketch that followed was crude. Ailida wasn't much of an artist. Fortunately, it was a simple picture. Three diamond shapes in a curious pattern. I've never seen it, Shalon wrote, 
I. Luesh wore a pendant with this symbol on it, Nonbalat sent. We found it on his body, and one of the men who came searching for the soulcaster had the same pattern tattooed on his hand just below his thumb. So, um, do you think that you've seen that like symbol in the book? Well, I or do thought, you think that we've had that symbol uh, described to us before in the book? I thought it was on one of these uh, pages. Well, no, there. Well, if you, I'm looking at the. If you uh, um, if you look at the um, the little symbol that happens between scene changes. Oh. Three diamond shaped shapes, so diamond shapes in a curious pattern. And that's the point of view changing. Yeah, that's the point of view changing. Or it's the scene and, change. And that's the way it's always been, or that's the way it is now? That's, that's what it's always been, I think. Okay. I think you're right. Neat, I, I just, neat, I just right? cycled back, because, because in, in, the first, in the first few chapters, there were no point of view changes. Then when they started to be introduced, we had these little... Right. That's little really blips. cool. Cool, right? I really like that. I didn't pick up on that. That is really, really cool. Okay, I'm once again geeking out over the way of kings. So if you f- quickly flip, if you quickly flip to, uh, to the next chapter, the, the Kaladin chapters, mm-hmm. you'll see that they're there too because the point of view changes. So you'll see oh that they're boy. there. Or when we get there later, you'll see. Pretty neat, right? That's really cool. Whether or not the symbol that changes the, uh, the, the, the scene change or the point of view, mm. whether or not those symbols are the symbols that this ta- guy has tattooed in the, the pendant, it, I don't think it matters. If, they could be completely different, but it's really neat that there is something like that there. And they are diamond shaped. I'm, I'm looking at that's That's really cool. I really like that. No, I, I, I thought it was this other symbol earlier on in one of those, um, those sort of, those sort of uh, relief um, depictions at the beginning of each of the chapters but it wasn't it was this the um it was it wasn't diamonds it was uh, a sp- uh, these long spears arranged but that's that's really neat i really like mm-hmm. that so yeah, really so these cool. men and and of course um this you know raises some concerns with um with uh shalon uh over mm. this news with luesh being being uh being deceased and they also make reference um to uh the idea of like what like what what would happen if they were caught trying to right. steal um mm-hmm. a, a fabriel mm-hmm. from another from um Jasna Colon, potentially maybe risking war uh starting mm-hmm. between Yakoved and Carbranth um or it wouldn't even be, be with Carbranth it would be with with the colons, right? It'd be with the Alethi. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So and Zeth just thought the same thing, right? Members in the Zeth uh, interlude. Yeah. Their first thought was like, "Oh my god, maybe we might end up having to fight the uh, the Alethi in a war." Like everyone's freaked out by that. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. One wants to do that. But in this example, when when they're discussing this, uh, and they're discussing the king of Yakoved, they say that the king uh, Hanavanar would hand them over. Would right. hand would hand the would 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 absolutely hand them over to the Alethi, uh, to to avoid war. Over the stolen soulcaster. Uh, and in yeah, fact, sure. and further to to that point, they would be executed. 
So Shalon's like, thank you. That's great. Thanks for informing me that, uh, that, if, we, uh, that if we're caught for this, that we'll be killed. Yeah. Um, I think that that's more or less the end of that transmission between her, her uh, brothers. Um, and I think that she resumes to her studies, if I'm not mistaken, before the point of view changes. Yeah, she, um, she just does some hardcore reading. And um, we get a time frame here. Uh, at the beginning of this chapter, it's been two months since she's convinced Yasna to take her on as a ward. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's done a lot of studying probably in two months' time. Like, you know, she probably doesn't know everything there is to know because it's probably like unfathomably crazy to, well, you know, to try to what's f- know everything. But she's probably read a lot that Yasna has wanted her to read. Those books that she bought in part one, she probably read those already. So what you're insinuating is that I haven't read as much of the Wave Kings that I really should i should uh, <laughs> no i'm not insinuating that i need to now, up my output you did I gotta, so i did i that's insinuated your that's, that's your guilt that's my guilt i need to read quicker um dude we're on a we're on a schedule we can't read you can't read quicker so okay sorry <laughs> i wish it weren't so <laughs> um <laughs> what's the name of this place this massive library this collection uh the veil, in the veil? Uh, and, but what's the other oh, term? Um, there, there's the other term. The palinaeum. The palin oh. palinium? Yeah, I, I think I think you're right there. I think. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, five hours later, after this um, point, she's she's still studying. She's studying um, under Yasna's instruction, the history of the Alethi monarchy, and she's sitting mm-hmm. in Yasna's th- alcove. What did you think veil. about all this? What did you think about all this? That um, there is two scholars um, researching something that we got to see firsthand at the very beginning of the book. Like we're we're eyewitnesses to this. That's you know right. What I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, we, like, what do you like? What do you think about that? Like, it's they're trying to figure out what happened, and we're like, well, we know, but we right. don't know why. Yeah, we know, but we we're, we know what happened that day. We're we're witnessing. There's there's nobody there. And we're witnessing the tree falling in the forest. Right, right. We're yeah, we're the squirrel going, oh fuck. <laughs> no, no, we're not even the squirrel. We no. are we are the witness. That's right. We're not even the squirrel. Right. I was I was hoping to be uh, one of Squirrel Girl's squirrels because that would be awesome. Squeakity, I would ride squeak. with Squirrel Girl for sure. Yeah, I would squeak do, it up with her for sure. Do you squeakity squeak squeaking? <laughs> Um, yeah. we are well versed in squirrel. There are no squirrels so far in this, in this, uh, in this book, sadly. Nope. Maybe, um, maybe in Shinovar though, things are pretty normal maybe, over in Maybe Shinovar. we'll get some squirrels. Maybe I wonder, I, I, I wonder if they're valuable for trade. Chickens are extremely <laughs> valuable. If you can catch a squirrel. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, it's really cool, um, that they're studying. Um, I like this term that, um, that uh, Shalon comes up with when she's reading. About, well, first of all, she, she she's reading about this this material about these the, about the Alethi monarchy, and then she kind of blurts out as she does. She's a blurter. Um, <laughs> she's a blurty blurter. She's a blurty. She's one of the blurtiest gals I've ever read about. Um, and she blurts out this comment about the Alethi monarchy, like you know, I I don't like these people. Like the like, <laughs> yeah. like like the more I read about this this whole thing. I, I don't like any of this. And then Yasna turns it's out like that right there. it's right there behind her. And she says, I'll try not to take offense 
uh, Yasna has got to keep statement. a pack of Tic Tacs in her pocket. That's what she has to, <laughs> needs to do. She needs to have some Tic Tacs so we can hear her coming. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um. So that's so that's kind of funny. The um, and they and they kind of have this like back and forth exchange on, I guess, on the accounting of the history. Right. So they're kind of discussing the very uh, um, act of doing research that you're you're reading these positions, um, these these point of views, um, reading about this uh, about these um, events in the past, and I think mm-hmm. that what Shalon is kind of saying is, well, there you you need to you need to bring a sense of incredulity to the experience where you're doubting what's written on the page yeah because the way that it's written it's like you know this is the way it is um it's written from a sort of like a didactic kind of right you know this is the absolute truth of the the past and she she finds the writers um too confident like they only argue one side of things and they're not able to take in other points of view and incorporate them into their stuff and like cite other people's work. They only have their own opinion and Mm. it's, uh, it's bothering her. That's what, that's what she means. She's like, I don't like this. Right. And, and so Yasna is kind of confessing like, so what you're, what you're saying is that they have arrogance or or that these, um, these, uh, yeah, Shalon says she calls them arrogant and she's like, actually, um, actually arrogance not right yeah right it's not the right word which that's is when the, we get the chapter title that's when we get the chapter title so she's she's saying it's arrogance like it's not only arrogance but it's the fact that you are consciously reporting this wrong that you have erred in this account mm-hmm. um and and therein lies the sort of sinister i think part of of these um of this um of some of the materials that that she's reading um and then she, what yasna says is well you are reacting against the assuredness movement mm-hmm. and then i absolutely love so this assuredness movement is capitalized like m- many other things in the series and mm-hmm. and so thinking about it with regards to the control that various parties try to take so these these scholars with this assured uh, with this assuredness movement, uh, I love that Shalon says, "I could get behind that." Yeah, uh, and then she says it'd, it'd be much easier to stab it in the back from from that position. Uh, <laughs> I just absolutely love that line. I've got it written down. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a highlight right there. That that line was the first highlight for me of the chapter. Um. Um, and then of course she's kind of speaking her tongue and with Yasna and, and Yasna and her are having several ex- exchanges. And then every once in a while, Shalon will catch herself and she's like, I don't, I probably shouldn't be speaking like this in front of you. And, and then Yasna's like, no, no, like I never want you to apologize for being clever. Yeah. It yeah, sets exactly. It, it, but it, it, she it, says she doesn't want her to bad, be lazy. Right. But I like what Yasna, I like what Yasna says after that though. She says, uh, to never apologize for being clever. It sets a bad precedent. Mm-hmm. I really like that. But she does say though that um, she, you know, she, he, she berates her after and tells her that, like, you know, your the people that you that taught you, um, may like fought you on your wittiness, and then it made you 
that much more stubborn about being able to say you knew that you were going to get cut out before you got a chance to make your quip so you had to be quicker mm-hmm. to be able to get your quips out but what ended up happening is the quality of your quips are not really high like you have to like you know she said you have to like um uh pick pick your times or whatever or, or it's quite an involved uh, exchange here like, between the two of them arguing um like over information which which i find is uh, I find is extremely appropriate for what is currently going on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Where disinformation is, is rampant and we, um, as citizens of our various countries, are trying to discern, uh, at least I hope we're trying to discern, what, what's the truth or at least the closest proximity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they're, what they're discussing here. They're saying, um, when, when reading these books, scholarship and ignorance feel much alike to me, Shalon said. Ignorance mm-hmm. may reside in a man hiding from intelligence, but scholarship can seem ignorance hidden behind intelligence. And then I think uh, Yasna says, and what of intelligence without ignorance? Finding truth while not dismissing the possibility of being wrong. And her response is, a mythological treasure. Mm-hmm. Bright brightness, much like the dawn shards or the honor blades, certainly worth seeking, but only with great caution. I really like that idea that if if you're going to mm-hmm. search for absolutes, if you're going to declare that something is true, um, it's worth seeking, but approach with great caution. And I find that this kind of brings up this other idea that I had with regards to, um, of course, being um, inundated with the election. Um, from the United States, uh, for the last, I don't know, I don't know, like it seems it's been going on forever. Um, yeah. but watching debates of politicians, um, it's, it's, I, I never really understood really why I didn't enjoy it, but another word entered my lexicon not too long ago and it was, um, a dialectic and it was sort of brought to my attention that a dialectic versus a debate is very important. A dialectic is when you're engaging with someone and you haven't made up your mind. You're you're, you're coming into it with a sense of humility, like I might be able to learn from you. Whereas a debate is I've already made up my mind and I'm declaring what I think and nothing can move me. Mm -hmm. And I I find that debates aren't as interesting as dialectics. And I think we should encourage a lot more dialectics uh, in our... uh, well, in our, well, certainly in our book reading. Yeah. As long is, as you're not, <laughs> as long as you're not for diuretics, I'm it's totally okay with whatever you want to do. As long I, as I think, I think that Yasna and, uh, I think when, when they take a break, uh, and they have a drink, uh, it, it could be a, di- it, there could be a diuretic in there. They, they might, uh, I think that cold soup with vegetables and fruit they have later with the good Teravangian might be the diuretic, to be honest. <laughs> I think that cup of hot brown morning potion might be the diuretic. I, um, um I have this point here that I wanted to, um, uh, uh, say that, um, Yasna says that, um, she gave her, um, this, uh, Alethi history to study because she gave her something like, um, sensational to study. Um, mm-hmm. like yeah. Shalon's like, you know, why do I have to do this? It's only like six, seven years old or whatever. Um, I thought right. I'd be studying ancient history and right. Yasna's like, well, I gave you this like to study because it's sensational. And I thought that it might keep your interest. My question to you is, um, do you think that's true? 
Do you think um, that's the reason she's getting her to well, study recent Alethi history? So we know, uh, we know she had questions for Dalinar about meeting the Parshendi, so. Yes, she did. Um, it, it is curious. Um, I mean, Yasna's either being truthful in that she's trying to discover something that has to do with her, um, her father's death. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, right. Or, um, I started to have a suspicion about her, uh, like a, I don't know, it was a chapter or so ago, right? Like I, I said something like, um, over the span read or something, I think you were like, hmm, when they were talking to Dalinar over the span read, you were like, you might've questioned something, I think. I think I did. I, I was, I was wondering about, uh, whether or not Yasna could be involved somehow. So in far, so, so far, uh, just to get this straight so far, you think that Elokar the King is bad news bears. And you're starting to question his sister, Yasna Kolin. You don't like the uh, Gavilar's kids. You just don't like them. I don't know. I I think think I'm just caught up in the paranoia of of not knowing. I'm not particularly uh, good at finding out um, uh, who uh, done it. You know, like whenever I'm watching a, like a, if I'm watching a a movie, like I had no idea in the usual suspects who Kaiser Solzig was. And you don't really know who he is in any ways at the end. But I certainly didn't, didn't think it was Verbal Gint. Oh, geez, that's a spoiler mm. for anybody. Well, I'm, I'm assuming the world. Oh, it is a spoiler. It. Well, you know what? We, we're spoiling everything in the whole world except for <laughs> the chapters we haven't read yet. So, so I'm, I'm, spoiler, terrib- I'm terrible at else. guessing uh, people's, you know, I, I, I don't think I could guess. And especially in this epic uh, tale, I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I, I think so much is just going to have to be revealed page to page. And it's, I would say that, um, that Yasna is, um, for this specific topic here, that, that Yasna is seemingly curious about the time in which um the alethi met the parshendi because she's asked dalinar about it but she's also um studying really ancient texts because when they drew that picture it comes from a really really old tome right so she seems to be studying ancient stuff too so so she's not just focused on on recent stuff right so um she's getting shalana to do recent stuff but she's uh, yasna herself is also looking into path like ancient history so um the um heraldic times i think he i think she says um at the beginning here that yasna has been searching for there's a part here where uh, she's talking about what Yasna has been studying. Isn't there? Well, there's a part here. Uh, yeah, there, there, there is a part where, where they discuss, but, um, but before we, we leave this page that I'm on, uh, Shalon says mm-hmm. something rather interesting here about, uh, about the preponderance of finding the truth. Um, and it... it um, Shalon says to Yasna, it, it would make you famous, but actually finding it would destroy us all. What's that uh, in reference to? Sorry. That's in reference to finding the truth. Like to find out the of, truth of, 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 of anything, of scholarship, of the, oh, his, of anything. Of okay, the okay. histories, of the, I thought, of the sorry, religion. Sorry, I thought you were talking of, about a specific... Uh... No, I mean, uh, it, it's a really interesting conversation that they're having here. And, and she says, proof that one can uh, be both intelligent and accept the intelligence of those who disagree with you, why well, I should think it would undermine the scholarly world in its entirety. And then Yasna mm-hmm. says, you go too far, child. If you took half the energy you devote to being witty and channeled it into your work, I dare say you could be one of the greatest scholars of our age. Yeah, I like this. Um, Shalon says, I'm sorry, Brightness. 
I'm confused. Considering the gaps in my education, I assumed you would um, have me studying things deeper in the past than a few years ago. And Yasna responds, I have found that youths like you have a relative lack of appreciation for the distant past. Therefore, I selected an area of study that is both more recent and sensational to ease mm, you into true saying. scholarship. That's right. You mentioned that. Um, but they do discuss, like, the, um, I think that Shalon does go over, like, what books um, Yasna is reading. Yeah, she does say something, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I just can't find it here in the text. Oh, here it is. Um, Yasna was studying more histories about heraldic epochs, right. mythologi- uh, mythologies, commentaries, books by wild speculators. One specific book was called Shadows Remembered. Shalon would oh. read it later. She, she's like, oh, I remember remembering? I'll find that book and I'm going to read it. She's curious what Shalon's doing. So. I, or she's curious what Jasna's doing. <laughs> that's my part three uh, of the Way of Kings uh, band name. I'm, I'm claiming that. <laughs> what is Shadows, Shadows Remembered? Yeah. Shadows yeah. Remembered. Yeah, that's my, that's, that's, that's my way, way of Kings. Uh, Assassins name. forgot. Yeah, we could write, we could write the st- in like f- three years. Because we're going to be doing this for a long time. In like three years, <laughs> we're just going to do a, uh, a Stormlight Archive rock band. That's what we'll do. <laughs> shadows. Shadows. Uh, I like that. I really do like that. So uh, the, the, the one of the, I think my highlight of the, the, um, the chapter here is mm. when Yasna asks um, Shalon what she found studying all this stuff about her dad's death. Like she, she doesn't just get her to study it she's like now now tell me what did you find and like this is the the pay, right. it should be the payoff for shalon if she finds anything great right right um she she doesn't really find anything great no. um we we find out through reading it that um like writers from that time all have their own theories on why and uh, why the parshani killed the king some think that he must have insulted them at the feast and that's why they killed him right um that doesn't necessarily make sense um, treaty was a ruse from the beginning to get close to the king. Um, the funny thing is, is there, these are all speculations, but we, we don't really know why either, right? Like we, we don't know why, um, the, the Parshendi no. did. No, but it's we, coming completely out of, but because we read the interludes, we know that it was the Parshendi because Zeth tells us that the Parshendi get rid of his oath stone after he kills the king for them. And they don't even like care about his oath stone. He they just chuck it, and then it ends up in the hands of someone else, right? Yeah, they don't want him again after. No, after they don't that. want him anymore. Yeah, um, but we know for sure. Like when they said, "Oh, you know, he uh, maybe like maybe it was someone else." Like those theories of like maybe it wasn't. Maybe they were framed. Like maybe the the Parshendi were framed. Mm-hmm. Well, we know they weren't weren't framed. Like we read that like firsthand. I'm going um, to, then, I'm going, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to treat it like, uh, like there could be another layer, uh, to the, to the onion to peel back. Um, well, a few, there, there uh, should always be an, a, a peeling of onions. <laughs> there should always be an onion. Um, great things in this chapter, uh, that Yasna says a woman's mind is her most precious weapon. Um, mm-hmm. when, when discussing all of this with, uh, Shalon, she says, you, my dear, might get along very well with wit. Yeah. With, with I love the, this part. With, with the king's wit. So that I wrote down yeah. as being very, very cool. 
that um, it is very cool. Perhaps the wit, uh, who also is uh, a bit of a blurter himself and a bit of a clever, clever tongue, a uh, little little tongue lashing on the on the fellow. They would definitely have a good banter. I think they would. And I love the I love this that uh, that Yasna refers to her ward as a smart-lipped reprobate. Love that. <laughs> That's a, such a great description of of uh, yeah. of Shalon. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, investigating Gavilar's murder, the various. So when uh, when Shalon, like when Yasna asks her, um, like what, like what's her conclusion? Pretty much, like what's like, what do you think happened or whatever? Shalon's like, you know what? I'm too inexperienced to be able to make a call on this. Right. And um, humility. And Yasna's like, you know what? Like age doesn't mean nothing. Like the Sunmaker was only 17 when he began to con- his conquest. And Guevara was, uh, you know, only like 19 years old, which is like less than 20 weepings, she said, um, when she proposed the three- theory of the three realms. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Shalon's like, well, but for every Sunmaker and Guevara, there's like a hundred Gregors, right? And well, actually, Yasna counters that by saying, no, right. there's only one Gregor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I I'm And not she sure. says, like, thank, thank heaven or thank something, uh, thank the heralds that there was only one Gregor. So do we know what they're referring to with this? Nope. Just some more, uh, more, some more lore. History mm-hmm. dump. History dump. She does say to, I love this too from Yasna, so many good quotes. To, to be young is action. To be a scholar is uh, to have informed action. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of reading this material, I love this too, is to interpret. That's why she's trying to encourage Shalon to think. Think right. for yourself. Read this material and tell me what you think. Oh, well, I, I'm not... Uh, I'm not, I, I shouldn't say I, I, uh, I'm unfit to give an opinion. She basically says, you either interpret or leave the words in the text. Right. Don't read because them then. If the you're whole, not going to have an opinion on them. The yeah. whole point of reading, which I thought is great because that's what we're doing with this story. That's pod. what we're doing. You're right. Yeah. We are interpreting. We are reading and we are interpreting the way of Kings. We might be saying things that, you know, Brandon, if you're list, if you ever listen to this, Mr. Sanderson. You might be thinking, these guys, they don't get it at all. They, they're yeah. out to lunch. They have no idea what they, I... They literally talk about Prince too much. Yeah. They, they, talk, yeah. they do these weird high-pitched <laughs> voices where they're like, ha, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 missing, they're missing the subtext uh, completely, yeah. um, which could that be true. One guy, that one guy swore too much in that one episode. He's all like, uh, I'm out. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I just think that's such a great conversation, and it goes on well, towards the end of this chapter. Yasna is reading; she really likes reading about great women of the past mm-hmm, uh, yeah. who have recorded the past and shaped it. It says that in the text, so I kind of stopped there and I thought, "Hmm, like it makes sense, right?" Well, can the past be shaped? Like there is sort of a theme here in this whole thing. With soul casting, sort of shaping uh, a conversion sort of thing. So, is that a part of well the Stormlight Archives? Like, uh, like can can histories be shaped? Like, I would say that since women in the uh, Voran religion and the like Alethi culture are the scribes of 
the world. Um, and they're like the more likely scholars. Um, I think that because they're the ones who mm. write history, they're mm. shaping it as they write it. Mm-hmm. It might be a commentary on what you read might not necessarily have been how it was. Mm. Uh, the king shows up for lunch, which is <laughs> just mm-hmm. interesting. Yep. He's, all like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, you guys want to hang out? And they're like, yeah. oh, we were going to have lunch. He's like, yeah, I brought lunch. Yeah. Bring the lunch it's, in. It's right here, so bring it in. Shalon is, uh, th- thinks this is quite a big deal. She's, of course, is not used yeah. to sitting down with a king for lunch. Right. Uh, she wasn't asked to leave, and uh, the king, as it turns out, is, you know, interested in sort of catching up with, um, with Yasna. Yasna tries to maintain conversation, but really the king mm-hmm. is, the king's interested in the ward. Yeah. Um, he has heard yeah, he all says about several her, times. Artistic, yeah, her, yeah. her artistic talents, and of course, um, Yasna I love this. Yasna um, says that um, her uh, artistic talent was a pre-existing condition and had uh, <laughs> yeah. had nothing uh, nothing to do with me. It was a pre... I just love that. Again, that's one of my favorite lines, that uh, artistic talent was a pre-existing condition. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, that's, it's awesome. So she's going to do a, a king's portrait, and she starts to do it, um, and she ends up going into this sort of uh, lucid state where she's drawing. Yeah, because the, um, the king and Yasna are talking like um, politics and religion, and it's really interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for our girl, she's like getting herself lost. Like she's literally drawing without even seeing what she's drawing. Mm-hmm. What did you think about this? Well, it's very curious because she drew what's described as, so she, so she's, she asks the king, uh, do you want me to do a close-up portrait or maybe a, a portrait where there's a bit more scenery in the back? And he chose the, the wider view sort of portrait. And so she begins sketching and the doorway behind the king to enter into this alcove in the veil where, where, where they are, mm-hmm. um, in that doorway, she is drawing kind of unconsciously what's described as two tall willowy creatures standing behind the king in cloaks uh seemingly made of glass mm-hmm. with with but instead of heads they have floating symbols in, with impossible angles and geometrics right so what <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh what's that what uh, uh, what the fuck uh, yeah, yeah. is is that I, I i don't know um so for me first time reader i'm just full of wonder about that and of course she notices it and she kind of almost seems like wow that's a mistake in the drawing like so she crumples it up and the king wants mm. to see uh what she's done and she's kind of not having it she's sort of basically saying well look i'll i'll uh i'll do you a, I'll, I'll do you a, a, a proper portrait um uh hopefully soon uh maybe i can get that to you later today or to, or tomorrow um but yasna yeah, even gives her like the like an hour off of studying like go spend the hour doing the portrait mm-hmm. so can i put to you then what do you think or what can you tell us in this storm pod at this point regarding these willowy creatures and I think that so, that was the text. She does make an excuse, right, to them, and she crumples it up. But she does say that 
um, they were not in her memory. They had so she been... took the memory of him. Right. They weren't in her memory. So she could draw because she's like almost could like close her eyes and take see a picture. The picture she took in her brain and right. they're not there. Right. They're not there. So she says to herself, this was just something that she drew on the side. Like right. kind of like because she wasn't paying attention. Um, right. I, um, I love it. I think it's. It's really kind of creepy and like it is totally um, creepy, kind of scary. This, yeah, this is the awesome. Halloween. This is the Halloween Storm Pod, uh, and this what, is what, it is the Halloween Storm Pod. Yeah, and and this is <laughs> this is what you're going to see tonight, guys. When you when you go home and you're passing through your respective doorways, there's going to be two willowy creatures in behind you, standing with these long cloaks on, uh, presumably made of glass. <laughs> made of glass. Yeah, something completely Weird. normal. Oh, and instead of heads, they have. Uh, they have uh, symbols and uh, and odd angles uh, floating around. Uh, this reminds me of like I don't even know what this is like. Um, Slender Man meets <laughs> yeah, it's like Slender it's Man just, meets uh, the Prince symbol. The <laughs> it's the we're back to Prince. Nice, I love it's it. Always oh, all roads lead to Prince. All roads lead to yeah, Prince. All roads lead to uh, Prince. Yeah. yeah, so it's a print. You got the Prince symbol floating around with these giant cloaks from like the Skeksis or something like that. <laughs> uh, no, so it's made of glass. So sorry, no, it's not. It's yeah. uh, it's more streamlined. It's like something out of a Japanime. I'm trying to get, or maybe it's like made of glass. Some elven. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's such an odd depiction, but yet there they are. It so is. Um, you, um do you remember the um trailer that I made? The uh, uh video trailer that I made with the all the yeah, images on it? I think so. Mm-hmm. There's an image in there that I used that I said that I couldn't I wasn't gonna use because it was a spoiler for you, but I knew that we were recording this episode soon. Was that so it these didn't um was that no, this... that last one where it says mysteries? Yes. I didn't look too carefully at, at that image. Oh, well, then I guess you'll have to go back and watch the trailer. Again. I will watch the trailer. And, <laughs> and, and of course, hopefully everyone who's listening is, has also seen this trailer. Um, I hope so, too. I will go over that again. So one of the things here, we, we, we skipped mm. over a couple of things, but uh, there's one thing in particular that I want to uh, talk about here. Um, okay. It says that uh, Teravangian was a popular king. He was beloved by the dark eyes for his building of hospitals. But mm-hmm. the light eyes thought less of him, like he was less than bright. Um, Correct. Yeah, they treat him sort of like as he, a, they didn't respect him because he's kind of slow. And we see this; he's a little bit like he's not slow, but he's like very. Um, he almost feels like very old. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How like a very old man would be. Right. Um. The king asked Yasna about her. Um, her like struggles with the uh, the ardents. And yes, like, about her she, being he atheist. Asks her, right, and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But then he asks her, how did you find the soul caster? Like, where did you get it kind of thing? Oh, and yeah. how, how, how were you able to keep it from right, right. the Ardents? Because they would, they are, the Ardents believe that the soul casters belong to them. Right? Like that's, they, they, they claim ownership over all that stuff. Well, and um, Yasna respectfully. And she also respects, respectfully declines to answer that question. Right. She's she like, is, these secrets are mine. These are, yeah, she is not interested in, in telling where she got that Fabril from. She got some secrets and you ain't getting them. Yeah. 
I, I, I think that's funny the way the, the way she worded it. Um, yeah. And then and then they have quite the conversation about being atheist. Um, toward the yeah. end. Um, and that kind of goes back and forth to Shalon a little bit. It's quite mm. a, it's, it's quite this a, is when she's, um, it's quite a sharp, yeah, this is when uh, she's a sharp a, discussion with atheism. It's a bit like talking to, to, uh, Ricky Gervais about the, about the subject. Um, you, you've had a lot of conversations with them about it? No, <laughs> no, he's just, he's spent a little bit of time, uh, you know, discussing atheism in the media and I've caught a number of those videos. Um, mm -hmm. I like she says that uh, she still believes in right and wrong, but right and wrong doesn't come from the Almighty. It's right. from us. And she says, uh, nobility is something that exists independent of any God's decree. Right. And uh, I'm very surprised on how, um, like how Ooh. well uh, thought out these uh, atheist things are because um, Brandon Sanderson is not. So I, um, I like that I can read this and not feel like because um, I'm atheist, I, I, like I like how Yasna is represented here, and um, you well, know, I, I, I most like... religious people would never write such a fantastic character who would be like I would think that they would never, you know what I mean? But I'm just I'm appreciative of the fact that um, he's writing a, an atheist so well. I I I think also um, what's really important here is that Yasna is is saying her piece about atheism in front of the king when being asked about it and sort of being queried about it. And um, Shalon, who still maintains a bit of her uh, religious connection, they have, mm -hmm. a little, they have a little exchange toward the end of this chapter where yeah. um, they're kind of coming from two different perspectives and that uh, Shalon is actually reminding Yasna to, to not throw away her perspective of right and wrong, which sort of has a more religious tone, which goes back to their earlier discussion, reflects on the earlier discussion with regards to scholarship. Right. So it, it kind of comes full circle. So it, it, I think, I think that sort of impressed, uh, Yasna, unless I'm reading that wrong. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's exactly that. She, um, she says like, you know, you didn't really, um, Taravangian didn't really have, um, any ability to argue re like religion with you because he's simple and you had him at a disadvantage and that's not necessarily fair. And like, he's like, there's points that you didn't bring up or that he couldn't bring up that he just didn't. And he should have. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's like, like what, like what? And he's like, well, what about the heart? You know, the way I feel about something um, that should be considered as well. And so when they have that back and forth, this is when she like says, you know what? Your, your um, rhetorical thinking is, is getting better. And like, that's, you know, being able to think outside the box and right. uh, come at, uh, at an argument in a different way. Like she's saying, you, you've made some improvements. Right, exactly. Well, and well, Shalon is, is standing up for herself, right? She's saying, um, uh, and what arguments might have one made, uh, this Yasna? Well, I'm not very well trained in that area, but I do think that you ignored or at least minimized one vital part of the discussion, which is our heart's brightness, I believe, because I feel something, a closeness to the Almighty, a peace that comes when I live my faith. Yasna responds, the mind is capable of projecting expected emotional responses. And Shalon um, counters back, but didn't you yourself argue the way we act, the way we feel about right and wrong, was a defining attribute of our humanity? 
You used our innate morality to prove your point, so how can you discard my feelings? And then Yasna um, fights back pretty, pretty bitterly here a little bit. Discard them? No. Regard them with skepticism? Perhaps. Your feelings, Shalon, however powerful, are your own, not mine. And what I feel is that spending my life trying to earn the favor of an unseen, unknown, and unknowable being who watches me from the sky is an exercise in sheer futility. She pointed mm-hmm. at Shalon with her pen. But your rhetorical, uh, you, but your rhetoric, sorry, but your rhetorical method is improving. Will make a scholar of you yet? Exactly. So, like, she's impressed that Shalon is standing up for herself. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So that's that's really mm-hmm. cool. It's really neat. There's um there's a part here I want to read before we change chapters. I know we're we're, we're fast approaching that part, but um, there's this part here that it's about Teravangian and people thinking mm. he's weak. The light eyes think he's weak and stuff. And um, this is what Yasna says to her. In ancient days, Yasna said, a man who brought peace to his kingdom was considered to be of great worth. Now, that same man would be deride as a coward. She shook her head. It had been centuries coming, this change. It should terrify us. We could do with, uh, with more men like Teravangian, and I shall require you to never call him dull again, not even in passing. Um, mm. So mm-hmm. I, I, I like this mm-hmm. little little line, like this, you know, she's, she likes the old man and he, because he wants peace, um, he's not one of these Alethi um, warlord types, right? Wanting to mm-hmm. like just battle all the time and he's looking for peace. Yeah. So he must be a fool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Uh, chapter 30, Darkness, mm-hmm. Darkness Unseen. This is an interesting yes. title because there is uh, there are two words that I um, uh, that have really a similar liked. that have a similar coupling, and that is darkness visible, but in this case, it's darkness unseen. So I think mm-hmm. that's that's really interesting title name. Um, quote at the beginning: "They were suddenly dangerous, like a calm day that became a tempest." Uh, this is a Thalen uh, proverb in reference to the Voidbringers. Um, mm-hmm. This is interesting. Uh, I was hoping that it might be a bit of a foreshadowing of the chapter, like, oh, something, something's going to go down. Um, but not quite. Um, not quite. We, we go back to Kaladin. And um, yeah, this is great. I mean, he, he's got his 29 men. That are following right. him. These slaves, these thieves, mm-hmm. these deserters. Um, they are his now. And in fact, there's only yeah. one. There's one holdout named Bizig, um, who had mm-hmm. sort of uh, came to and is joining in with the training and everything. And he, um, I think that he says, yeah, I've wrote it down. So I kind of like this. Um, uh, he wants, yeah, Kaladin needs their loyalty, but he'll settle for obedience if that's what he gets right now. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that line yeah, a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, he, um, he reminds us again about uh, the rumor that if you survive 100 bridges, you can mm-hmm. go free. Yeah. And Kaladin thinks like, I've survived two dozen runs, and yeah. that made him one of the most experienced bridgemen still alive. Yeah, ever. So imagine getting yeah. to a, a hundred runs. Yeah, it's impossible. No one survives. No one no. would ever survive that. Well, they, 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 they set an impossible bar for you to meet. You can't possibly, mm-hmm. can't possibly right. do it. 
Um, so this they is really their cool. morning exercises together. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're doing their morning exercises, and Gaz is watching nearby. Now this is interesting that when the point of view changes to Gaz, um, we get ha- dude, we get a Gaz POV. Yeah, and he's how having, cool is that? I we know, get a, yeah. and he's he's getting an inter- he's having an interesting conversation with a light eyes, um, named Lameral. Mm-hmm. This is the guy that's been in charge of Bridge Four and this group of. Bridgman, because he's probably in charge not just of Bridge Four. He's probably in charge of a bunch of different bridges. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we've this is the guy that like we've kind of been hearing about mm-hmm. all book, but now we actually get to see him. I like how 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 they describe him, um, or uh, Brandon, Mister Sanderson describes him um, as being uh, all lines, rectangular beard, rectangular body. He's not budging. He doesn't care for things no. being done in a different way. He doesn't care for Kaladin and his, what, he's training, he's giving these men hope, he's creating meals, yeah. he's trying to keep them alive by bringing back the wounded, and he's treating them himself by this arduous process of collecting antiseptic. Um, yeah. He's not interested in this at all, so I, I thought the, the description of the character was, was quite funny, um, mm-hmm. being all, all angles, I thought that was cool. Um, and he, um, and, and, like, and gas is gas is in a bit of a pickle here because Lamoral is basically saying, "Look, you you got to get this Kaladin guy under control, but not under control. He he needs to go." But but Gaz is in an interesting uh, position because he is relying on. So this is funny. He's relying on Kaladin for these extra spheres. Okay. And what he's doing with those extra spheres is he's gambling. And he right. owes money now to Lamoral. Mm-hmm. And he has to pay back. So he's right. completely caught between these two guys. He's like, well, I have to pay back Lamoral, but the only way I can is with the money I get, or the spheres I get from, from right. Kaladin. And, bo- and both of these parties have an arrangement with him, in a way. Like, you've got Lamoral saying, look, this guy's got to go, put him on a bridge right. run, make sure that he dies. And if you don't, you're going to be a bridgeman yourself. Exactly. Right. But if he, does, but if he keeps Catalan alive to be able to use him, his money, to be able to pay back Lamoral, then that means Catalan's still alive. So he's still going to be uh, knocked down bridge runs. Right. So he's stuck. He's a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of damned situation. Damned if you do, right damned if you don't. There is a line here. Um, Page 586 for me. Hang on. Uh, I thought there... This is when Lamoral is asking... Um, no, no he's, he's declaring, he's making a statement um, that the purpose of the Bridgman is to protect the lives of more valuable men. He's trying to make mm-hmm. sure that Gaz understands this. And Gaz responds, and I love this, he responds, Really? And here I thought their purpose was to carry bridges. Yeah. What, what that shows to me is a little bit of evidence that Gaz is coming over to Kaladin's side. Because I think... Or, early- or, that he, or that he already... Or that he was always disgusted by this, but he just never says anything. So now that we're in his head, we get to think... Like, we get to feel it from him, right? And you're absolutely right, because a little later in the text... Gaz does admit just that. He says, I've, right. I've never cared for this, this whole time. Yeah. This whole show is just rotten, knowing that the men yeah. are going to die in this horrible way. He's but begrudgingly think, doing this. Yeah, very. 
I mean, he, he knows it's, it's a complete, you know, horrible situation that these men are being used as, um, well, the, I think the way in this chapter it was worded that the Parshendi are to get their, their little victory by like killing a few and then they feel kind of good about it. Um, mm. and then the army comes across and decimates the, the, the Parshendi. Um, right. you're just, you're just throwing lives. But I mean, I suppose this is a component of war, um, uh, anyways, uh, so I suppose, you know, soldiers have to, um, I can uh, almost imagine Gaz saying to Kaladin, like the way that I'm, uh, that he's making me feel in this chapter is you can almost hear him say, do you really think that I want to be doing this? Right. Like Gaz is in a position too, where he, you know what I mean? Like he's got to yeah. look out for himself. Does he really, do you think I really want to be doing this kind of work, sending you guys to your deaths? He says literally on page uh, 587 of my uh, paperback version, um, Stormfather, Gaz thought, I hate myself for being a part of this. Right. But he'd, hate him, but he'd hated himself for a long time now. It wasn't anything new to him. Yeah. Interesting. You're, eh? you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, um, and that, that's what's really cool about the- that point of view is you get those little insights into Gaz too, which is great. Mm-hmm. One of the cool parts I like here is at the beginning when he's like, you know, you don't ever really get used to having only one eye. And because mm-hmm. one of the eyes, there's darkness on that sign, and that's yeah. the darkness unseen, right? We get from the, the chapter. Mm-hmm. And he, it freaks him out sometimes because he thinks, what could be hidden over there where I can't see? Like, you know, like he's freaking himself out. And then a little later, he's talking with Cal. Like, I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but yeah, no, he's talking ahead. with Cal a little later. And he, um, Cal sees him like, like look over all of a sudden to the side and says, and he says, guys, are you okay? He's like, yeah, it's nothing. And it's him thinking he saw something over in the darkness on one of his side of his face. I'm actually like squinting my eye right now. That's why my <laughs> voice sounds all like weird like this. But, um, he, uh, he thinks he sees something in the corner of his non eye and it freaks him out. Like he's like, you know, he's like paranoid and stuff. Well, I think also this, this blind, this darkness unseen, it's also what he can't see, which is what Kaladin's doing. Like Kaladin mm-hmm. is, is, is accomplishing something that's in the dark, like at, at, at visible sight, you're seeing the way things are. So you're seeing the hopelessness, you're seeing the bridgemen get destroyed, you're seeing them fighting without she or no, entering into a battle. I love what Kaladin says here. They are soldiers. He's referring to these guys as soldiers. They don't have weapons, but they're entering into a battlefield. They are taking on arrow fire. They are dying. Yeah. He calls them such later too, right? Absolutely. Like they, um, when they're doing the practicing and stuff, he says, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't trained men who has taken the stuff uh, as quick as you guys. You guys are like great, you know, like you guys are great soldiers or whatever. Mm. I don't think he says soldiers, but... He does. No, like, he he refers to them. one. He refers to one of them as as a soldier, and um, this is Moesh, and Moesh is basically saying back to him something like, "Right, um, why why are you like why did you pick me to be a a squad uh, a squad leader, um, like a sub squad commander? Yeah, yeah, a, a, a sub squad commander. I I'm I'm the one who who was fighting you all the way through this, and and yeah. Ka- and Kaladin said it's because of that quality." that you had the leadership that I need. You pushed right. back. 
So that makes you a leader. And like, I just, I, I just love all that. <laughs> I, I, I love that. So I love awesome. the, I love this moment with Kamoash, right? And he yeah. says, well, you don't think that I'm, uh, I, that I think that you're a gift straight from the almighty, like the other numbskulls over there, like rock and teft. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, well then why, why do you like, why are you doing all this then? Cal says like, why are you obeying me? And he says, I'm mm-hmm. just curious. Yeah. So it's neat, yeah. right? He's like, curious. He's like, okay, yeah. I'll, I like I'll give that. you a, I'll, it's better than moping around. So let's, well, we'll see what you do next. Mm-hmm. They've had a couple more injured, uh, in the last two weeks, they had a couple more injured, uh, on their bridge runs. One bridge run resulted in no, no, uh, loss of life because the Parshendi already acquired the gem heart. Um, mm-hmm. and then two more, two more were dead and then a few more wounded. Um, but when Kaladin compared that to Amaram's army, it would have been catastrophic in terms of, uh, comparison of, of the rate of, ca- of casualties. Right. So, so it's still really bad for bridge four. Um, yeah, he wonders, Cal wonders uh, if they're going to drown themselves in wounded men, Yeah, you know, like using, like using the bridge takes a certain amount of men to use it. And if they keep piling up wounded men who can't earn and, you know, like can't run, then it's just, they're not going to be able to continue doing this. Like that's why they, mm-hmm. that's why people can't get hurt. Right. That's why he has this crazy idea at the end here. I, I like I like that. Uh, sorry, when when Sil shows up, I like uh, I like how Kaladin refers to her as a potential uh, translucent philosopher. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and she's always upset when Kaladin sort of bends or obscures the truth. She gets uh, she gets upset yeah. at that. Yeah, there's a there's a moment where he like lies a little bit or whatever. He does like a little white lie. And mm. then she like frowns at him. She doesn't That's say right. anything, but she frowns at him. Yeah, like, she you frowns be, at him. You shouldn't be doing that. Right. Uh, info dump, I think, on the, the Mockham Wood, eh? The Mockham Wood? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I love that part. When so he talks the wood, about, uh, like, it's like heavy, it's strong, but light. But light, yeah. And that's what the bridges are made of, right? He says, um, he inspects the wood and thinks that it's funny how the carpenters are far more professional than the soldiers are here. Yeah. Cause like they, they've done really good work and like he's, he, he, it's, it's kind of curious. And then he's like, you know, they won't let us use shields, but we're legit carrying a huge one on our backs. Right. And he gets this strange idea on how to perchance carry this shield that they're already carrying. Like this, this doesn't have to be just a bridge. It's a giant shield. If they can Mm -hmm. figure out a way to carry it differently. They might be able to like protect themselves and lay down the bridge. Um, so that's yeah. really fascinating to me when he starts exercising in that way. And Gaz is like, what are you doing? Why are you carrying yeah. it like this? And, and, and he's like, well, we're just, we're shifting it because it's better for the muscles and whatnot. He's, yeah. And gives, that's what he, he kind of tells the men too, right? He's like, Hey, don't get, uh, don't get cocky here. We're not, right. uh, we're not being crazy. Uh, you know, just, uh, we're doing this just as an experiment. And, uh, and it allows us to shift things over a little bit. And he, I like how he tells Gaz, this is re- actually a really good point, that if they can side carry like this after a fight and they've lost too many men, mm. then like if they lose half their guys, then still half mm. their guys can carry the bridge back in this man- uh, maneuver. So yeah. by doing this, it allows them to be able to actually have bad casualties and still come back with their bridge. Yeah, exactly. I like it. I think it's really cool. I think it's fantastic. 
And of course, I, I can see Kaladin with his uh, with his admiration for these carpenters. I can almost see him, you know, befriending them and saying, "Well, look, I need these handles adjusted on this bridge. Like, I need right. I need this to be reworked. You know, like there's some. I, I mean, I don't know because I don't I don't get that from the end of this chapter. But if this works out, if this new training works out, and if you can use a, an entire bridge as a, as a shield, um. It wouldn't surprise me if Kaladin, you know, has these carpenters that are like, that basically fix the bridge such such that they can carry it in in a way to get no casualties. Yeah, yeah. Or, Gaz or, doesn't like this at all, though, eh? Well, Gaz. Like, well, like, well, like I said, Gaz is caught at first. In between. Gaz is like yeah. he's yeah. caught in between. Like if Kaladin dies, um, then Lamoral's happy, but then he can't pay his debts. Right. So he's but he's he does caught. he does get this kind of cute idea here where he's like you know if they carry that like that in a battle mm-hmm. they're gonna sure get slaughtered and that takes care of Kaladin so go ahead so he's like all right yeah, yeah that's a great wanna, idea yeah that's <laughs> I'd even like to see you make a plateau uh, approach with that yeah you should totally do that all the time and yeah. then Gaz figures that the the now he just has to figure out another way to pay Lamoral. But at least the That's Kaladin right. problem's taken care of. Yeah, Lamrel's yeah. uh, blackmail. Yeah, oh, it was a good chapter. Um, it is a good chapter. Um, it's kind of a simple one. I do like this, like, like like the title, and I think that that's probably the highlight for me again in this one is. Um, well, I know I did like uh, the way that Gaz fired back. I thought the purpose of the bridgeman was to carry a bridge. Mm-hmm. It's not to. Yeah, I like that too. It's, it's not to be pawns or to be sacrifices for for better men mm-hmm. how you know i mean clearly there's this uh like all lives aren't aren't equal did you right uh, so sorry i'm having a hard time remembering did you already mention how um low level or low ranked light eyes are very dangerous did you say say that earlier no i didn't but that was mentioned uh i think in here by Gaz, I think. By Gaz or Kaladin? Yeah, he says mentions yeah, that. Gaz, Gaz says that like um, he, when dealing with Lamoral, he has to be careful because Lamoral is this low level yeah. light eyes, and they don't have a lot of power. But the people no. they do have power over are dark eyes that they're so close in rank to that mm. they feel like they over, have to overprove themselves to these dark eyes, and uh, so that could make them dangerous. So like mm. you know, he's well in his right, Lamoral is to just kill. Uh, Gaz, um, and you don't want to push him to it, just mm. because like he might think himself inferior, right? Yeah, like, Lamoral might think like he might get like a like an ego trip or something and bust some heads. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I don't envy Gaz's position, but yeah, it's a great chapter. Darkness, yeah. uh, darkness unseen. You know the path, the the path or what's around you that is blocked from your from your vision uh or uh, from your understanding i think as well you can almost apply mm-hmm. this to, to uh the darkness unseen to the previous chapter to the scholars um you know like right. what the, what the, the what, lack of information is the darkness right right what what aren't we getting here what's the darkness unseen right. uh what's yeah, the whole cool. what's the whole story uh but as as shalon warned the whole story i.e the pro- closest proximity to the truth could destroy us all Right. I think I think therein lies a, a nugget 
a big hint. Yeah, a big, but a that's big nugget the, hint. That's chapter thirty. I think we've I have a the I have end. a little I have a little info dump here. Okay. Um the um Yakoved, oh I already said this earlier, Yakoved has a similar mm. type of government as Alethkar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, regional high princes all working under the same king. Uh, one of the veggies that Yasna was oh, eating yeah. was called a lernip. Yeah, a um, lernip. I'm guessing yeah. this is a uh, a lame turnip. <laughs> is that what it, that is? Uh, it's like or, a turnip, or, but just lame. Or, or maybe it's really light. It's a lernip. It's a it's it, it floats. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the uh, the Macam wood is a deep brown grain. The grain is yes. almost hidden on it. And that's um, it's right. Strong and light. Strong and light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, really, I, uh, I really like that. It's a really good chapter. I'm glad we're back with our our two favorite friends, uh, um, uh, Shalan mm-hmm. and Yasna. Uh, I can't wait to see what they get into. I mean, I can't wait to remember what they get into because I already know. You already know, <laughs> and I don't. Because so as long as they're not dying, like the. Well, I, I told you it's drying. Your, your your copy's wrong. It's it's actually drying. It is drying? <laughs> or oh, no, it's yeah. dye-dying, right? It's the, it's the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, exactly. the multicolored uh, cloaks from the... Um, so the next, uh, the next two chapters are very short chapters, but I think we'll still do them in one, in one, little, sure. uh, one little episode. Uh, 31, 31 and 32. Okay. Yeah. If you like to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash heroes of. Um, you can reach out to us on Twitter at heroes of one or on Instagram at heroes of a You can find the Facebook page, uh, called storm pod. There's, uh, lots of cool images uh, going up there all the time. Um, I, um, I just want to say at the bottom of the show here that I really enjoy doing this in these like weird times where there's no real knowledge of what's next you know, uh, fires and politics and, um, potential civil wars and, uh, just, you know, economy and all this stuff that's happening in the world. The one, you know, like, it's great to have something to look forward to. And, um, like, you know, it's our family life is, uh, is what it is. We, you know, we try to do as good of a job with our kids and our family as we can. Um, but it is nice to be able to unwind and sit down and talk about, you know, some silly fantasy and novel with my best friends. So I, uh, <laughs> just want to say thanks, Jack, for, uh, for doing this with me. Uh, get a little sentimental here, man. Yeah. Well, thanks. I thanks. love you, bro. I love you too. Pat. I wish I could hug my laptop right now. Oh, virtual hug. <laughs> virtual hug. All right, dude. Um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Till next time. Sprint heads. Storm pod is brought to you by heroes of theme song by Jack forest productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean, the heroes of Hakathra.